Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Supervalue Insurance. Offering sound advice for your car, home and travel insurance needs. Meanwhile, I'm really pleased now to meet mezzo-soprano Tara Erocht. Tara is one of our best-known opera singers and she's been really busy all year. She was in Bavaria just a few days ago, a place she knows very well, having worked there for years. And she recently performed at the Paris National Opera. And while she's home for Christmas, she's going to be in the Three Arena as part of Vladimir's famous Viennese Christmas Gala concert. Good morning, Tara. Good morning, Miriam. Thank you so much for being here. Let's start off with the wonderful Veronica Dunn. I know you studied under her. Ronnie, as she was known to all of you. How did that come about? I was singing at the Fesh, um, Fesh Kjol in Dublin in the RDS. It was the year I was doing my leave insert, so I was just about 17. Um, I, I knew of Ronnie. Ronnie was this huge legend, of course, but I hadn't applied to study with her. I didn't think I was worthy, um, certainly not at that stage. And I was singing, as I say, in the RDS. And after the competition, Ronnie came over. And she's lovely. Um, oh, I shouldn't do an impression. No, go on. <laughs> but um, lovely. I'll, I'll see you at Westland Row at 10 o'clock in the morning. Of course, I would have had school, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was it. Off to Westland Row we went on the Friday morning. John O'Connor played, which was also, wow. I mean, talk about all the names in the room. Um, and within an hour or two, all the planning had been changed. And I was going to abandon the CAO and the UCAS and everything else I filled in and was going to go and do this special course in the academy for a year and then jump on to the degree. And that was that. Um, From there on in, it was Ronnie really nearly seven days a week. She was incredible, just incredible. And she had her own methods, didn't she? I was lucky enough to interview her a good few times on this show. I loved her. But tell me about the time I think you were entered for her famous international competition. Right. So I had started singing quite early with Geraldine McGee and Dundalk, who was a very good friend of Ronnie. And they were incredibly different women, but they were they were an amazing team together. And Geraldine had introduced me to the Fesh when I was around 10. So by the time I met Ronnie, I was quite a Fesh addict. You know, we would do Nav and Sligo, Portadown, Newry, Belfast, Warren Point, anything we could. But Ronnie made a deal with me that in 2006 I would have to go cold turkey, no fesh, because she needed to do one year's work of just technique, which meant just scales. So super boring, (laughs) right? Immensely boring. And I thought, well, I trust her, obviously. And Mm. obviously she knows what she's doing. That said, I felt cold turkey was really difficult to agree to. So we shook that if I agreed to go cold turkey, no fesh, no public performances, she'd allow me to enter her international singing competition in 2007. We shook on it. That was fine. We did nine months of solid, very boring, very tedious technical work that I am still so immensely grateful for because it built the foundation that I've built my whole career on. Um, But something happened when we had to, you had to make a recording, a tape and send it in for the first round. She had warned me for months. It was highly unlikely I was going to get past this first round. So we only learned enough songs for this one tape. So I had two, two arias. That was all I had. And in the recording, I seen something kind of change in her demeanour. And she started to whisper to the pianist. It was Dervla Collins. And the two of them kind of nodded at each other, but nobody told me anything. And we changed how we worked from there on in. In the I got into the competition. In the run-up to the competition, I was also working as an usherette in the National Concert Hall, an amazing job for a music student. Um, and Ronnie had said to me, now you're not to be working. You know, you've got to kind of train like a racehorse. So we work hard during the day, you eat well and you sleep. Like, oh yes, Ronnie, yeah, yeah, no problem. And this was the week of the competition. Um, and all the concerts would start at eight o'clock. At this stage, I used to work on the reception desk 
a great job. Um, but Ronnie arrived into the concert hall <gasps> ten past eight one evening, and there I was in my full uniform behind the desk, and she took me by the wrist, <laughs> and the management had no choice but to let her out. They knew her well, of course. Um, she took me to my student accommodation to pack a bag. I couldn't be trusted, so <laughs> she moved me in with her. Into her home. Into her home. We went back to her house that evening. I had the most incredible evening with her. Fell asleep, didn't set an alarm. I get up the next day and there's nobody there. And I can't get out. I've no key. The house is locked. There's a note on the on the table. She wanted me to study X, Y and Z and have such and such prepared. She'd be back at two o'clock with a pianist. Um... And it was, I mean, it was incredible. We had to knuckle down because she knew something had changed in the instrument, that the voice was ready um, and we were going to have, we were going to have a good outcome with the competition. She didn't know what exactly. Turned out I got through to the final. I came second. I won the best Irish singer. With that came, you know, a plethora of contracts and opportunities. And Ronnie at that stage wasn't just acting as teacher, but also as manager because she would have to say no to many of the things that came in because I wasn't ready I wasn't experienced enough Um, and at the same time she was also able to accept some offers and say okay we'll work and prepare that but it did mean then working most of the time seven days a week It was lovely though you were telling me just before we came on air that when she died during Covid you sang at her funeral and she'd almost prepared all all she wanted you to sing Absolutely so I mean for anybody that lost somebody during COVID, it was horrific, horrific that nobody could be given a proper send off. In Ireland, we lost three incredible, incredible musical people during that period of time. We had Caro, Sullivan, Miriam Murphy and Ronnie, three mm. hugely important figures in the music industry. Um, and of course, everybody wanted to be involved and everybody wanted to offer something. And Ronnie certainly had made a list of beautiful things that she wanted, including big choral pieces and... However, we were very lucky that her daughter, Judy, really fought um, and got made it possible that Celine Byrne and myself could do the singing at the funeral. Dervla Collins played the organ. Um, Of course, we had to sing backwards because at the time with COVID, you couldn't take off the mask and there was all these rules. But we still managed. And I was so honoured that we were able to do that. It was really, really important because I find it very strange to think, She's not here. You know, we didn't get awake and we didn't get a proper opportunity. But at least I had that. I got that ability, let's say, to say goodbye. But I still, when I get a new offer, I still go to pick up the phone to call her. What do you think? Um, I talk to her in my head (laughs) often. Uh, And, you know, Ronnie was incredible. She had a great iPhone. She knew exactly how to use it. I would be in rehearsals maybe in New York or in Munich and I would send her clips. What do you think of this? Is this working? She'd send back her critics. Try this. You know, she, she was really incredible up to the last beat. And your mum and dad were great as well, weren't they? They always yes. went to your opening nights. I think they both worked as chefs and lecturers in culinary arts. But you lost your dad earlier this year. That must That's have been right. very tough. Yes, in January. Again, as you've heard already today about... Mm. Cancer, um, it's it's everywhere. That's the third visit to our family it's had, but the only time it's won, sadly. Um, I was actually singing in Dublin with Irish National Opera um, in June and he had a mini stroke. And when he was in the matter after that, they discovered this bowel mm. cancer. Um, and they he came home for a few weeks as they prepared for the surgery. He went in in August to have the surgery. Sadly, there were some complications during the surgery. He was weeks upon weeks upon weeks in intensive care. Um, And then the cancer spread to his liver. Um, And then he passed away on the 9th of January. So it was, he never came home. 
The hospital were incredible. The staff were, oh, second to none. Unbelievable, unbelievable. He was in St. Monica's ward in the matter in the end. Um, and, you know, once he came back to himself and he was he was in good enough form and chatted away to everybody. Um, but it is obviously a life-altering thing when it mm. happens um, for, for everybody. And grief is something that you can't understand until you're in the throes of it. You know, it's mm. it, it can take your breath away so often. Um, and it, it's amazing. I have such respect for for people. But I, I can honestly say I didn't understand it until, until now. Yeah. yeah, beautiful way of putting it. And of course, the nature of your job means that whatever <laughs> goes on in life, you have to kind of turn up happy. You have to perform. Tell me about the lady who met you at the stage door. What did she say <laughs> yes. to you? So obviously, I mean, I work in the entertainment industry. So regardless of the outcome of the story in the opera, happy or sad, my job is to entertain, distract people from their own problems, their own lives. But I have some incredible fans who travel all over the place to hear me sing the same role, but see maybe what has changed. Um, have I put in new ornaments? Has the voice grown? Whatever. But just before I went back to work after the funeral, I decided I better post on social media and just say, mm. this has happened. This is why I've been missing an action but I'm back. Let's go. And in fairness, nearly nobody mentioned it um, until I came out from the stage door and this lady who I would recognise from the stage door and she said, you know, I don't really like this opera, but I only came to see if the grief had changed anything in your voice. I don't think it has. It hasn't affected you at all. (laughs) And I was just, it took the air from my lungs, you know. It was a really strange um, comment. At the same time, Am and I very lucky that I have people that are so invested in the instrument and in what I do that they're willing to take the financial hit and come and see something they've probably you. seen me do before. Um, but it, it, it was, was, it was interesting. reaction. <laughs> but I suppose the life of an opera singer and you're super successful, it's tough enough. And that's a message I think you tell students and you don't sweeten it, do you? No, not at all. I think it's really important. So when I do a masterclass, I would always say, if you can imagine yourself doing anything else, anything else, I don't care how wild it is, go and do it. Good days are great. and The bad days are difficult. But if you are not living to sing, don't do it. Really don't do it because the instrument isn't yours. I didn't buy it. You know, I didn't go out and pick it. It grew inside me. I can't see it. I can't touch it. But I have to mind it. And I have to try all the time and grow with it, grow for it, protect it. Um, There's a huge responsibility in that, which is both social and physical. Um, I would also say, you know, the, the industry is growing and changing. Like every industry, it took a hit during COVID. So we have to also be there to help it reform itself. Um, And unless you are kind of super invested in all of that, I would really suggest you go and do something else and you sing for pleasure on the side. And how do you protect your voice, your instrument? You've just been speaking about that. How do you mind it? And do you mind it a lot? I do. I have to. Because, you know, I mean... If I'm sick, well, I, I'm, I'm not working, so I'm not getting paid. Um, it's interesting. I walked from the front door to the studio and there are quite a few people sneezing. It's the time of year. You know, you, you protect yourself. Funnily enough, I've been wearing a mask when I fly for years and I love now that it's more common and people aren't looking at you like <laughs> you, you've got some sort of strange disease that you're protecting them from. Um, obviously, you have to try and keep yourself fit and healthy. Um, 
you also have to learn with your technique how to sing through a cold or a flu or anything else like that. You know, so it's self-education, really, um, and that you get to know your body and what the body needs. Well, it's worked. And of course, when you're home now, you're going to be in Vladimir's Christmas concert. It's a hugely popular gig yes. every year. What are you going to be singing? Oh, some amazing things that, in fairness, I've never sung before. Um, and Vladimir comes with such a special energy. He persuades you that the sky's the limit. There's nothing you can't do. So I'm going to be singing Je veux vivre from Romeo and Juliet, O mio babino caro, which nearly everybody will know from different movies. Um, and then some wonderful, wonderful Christmas things, along with Guno's Ave Maria. And look, um, Michal has just texted and say, Tara, remembering your dear dad, Joe, this morning, I fond memories as a people of his from Carl Brewer Street Aww. and regards to your mum and Aunt Liz, which is absolutely lovely. I'm not going to ask you to perform this morning without a full vocal <laughs> warm up, but we're going to listen to a piece now short that you recorded with the National Symphony Orchestra. This is from La Cena Reno Tola. Beautiful. So beautiful. And just to say, you will be in Vladimir's Viennese Christmas Gala in the Three Arena on the 17th of December. Tickets from VladimirMusic.com. Thank you so much.